This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The following is a message from the Legal Eagles Network. Are you eligible for a monthly Social Security disability check? Did you know you've been paying for it your entire life out of every paycheck? You could be eligible for up to $3,000 a month. Here's managing partner Sam Pond. And I would suggest that the vast majority, not 100%, but pretty damn close, of all those members that are retiring from one of the building trades or another union, that they're eligible for a Social Security disability check when they retire at 50, 53, 55, 58, 60, even into their mid 60s or in the early 60s, and that that could pay them $36,000 per year. Let Pond Lee Hockey help you find the answers to this question. Are you eligible for Social Security Disability? You have nothing to lose except what you're entitled to receive. Go to PondLeeHockey.com. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of The Labor Show. J. Doc and Krause, we're coming to you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's an abbreviated version of our opening hour tonight, J. Doc, leading into the John Doherty hour at the top. But we will, we will, despite uh, having an abbreviated hour here in hour number one, we'll have one great guest uh, and we'll have one great labor leader, uh, all as one, that's right. Uh, and we'll spend the uh, we'll spend the full six o'clock hour. What's remaining as part of the six o'clock hour uh, with the super guest, and we'll cover a lot of ground. Yeah. So our first guest, Joe, is no stranger to the broadcast. Uh, Vince Tarducci is a national business agent uh, for the American Postal Workers Union. And what I find interesting, Joe, and we've talked about this many times, uh, more than anything, is that, and, and we come back to it on, on almost every broadcast, but it still staggers me the fact that the Postal Workers Union, American Postal Workers Union, is forced to fund the benefits of those who will work uh, in that union 70 years in advance. Individuals, generations and generations and generations uh, who have not been born yet, uh, they are forced to fund those individuals, and yet uh, they get they get uh, literally put in, in, in harm's way on a constant basis, and, and the fact of the matter is they do an incredible job. Well, we'll bring Vince Tarducci into the labor show. We have a lot of ground to cover, including a contract situation, which is where uh, we will begin tonight's conversation uh, with Vince. Vince, welcome into the labor show, man. Nice to have you back on, and uh, uh, it's just all you tonight, sir. We welcome you in. Hey, hey, how you doing, Joe Doc and Krause? It's, it's a pleasure. I've been on your show a number of times, uh, going back to the Staples fight that we had and it's, it's my pleasure to be on and cover some postal topics that we've been dealing with day in and day out. Absolutely. What I love mostly about what you just said is you got the order right. J-Doc and Krause. So, <laughs> so you're, you've always been one of our favorite guests. You just went up another notch. Uh, Vince, uh, let's talk about the – let's start off by talking about um, the contract situation. 
uh, over two, you, you guys represent over 200,000 uh, postal employees. Contract expired on a, a September 20th. Um, give us a little update there. Yeah, our, our national president, Mark Dimenstein, and his negotiating team have worked hard. You know, we, we put proposals together months and months in advance. Uh, we didn't have a national convention last year, so normally we get our resolutions from the rank and file. So due to the COVID, we had to cancel our convention like everybody else. So, But we had a number of different resolutions from previous conventions and then new ideas that came forward. So um, they, they have worked around the clock. Last couple of weeks, they were on their lockdown in D.C. And unfortunately, at the 11th hour, uh, we, we heard from our national president, Mark Dimenstein, at 11.59 at the night of the 20th to let us know that unfortunately – we could not reach an agreement. Now, there were two options for them. One of the options was to go to, like, mediation and then take it to uh, interest uh, arbitration. And at that point, they decided for the second option, which they call stop the clock, to continue bargaining for a new contract. So, as I mentioned before, we represent a number of different crafts. We represent every clerk craft employee in the country. These are the people you see at window services, uh, people that work inside on the machines, uh, people that get the mail process while a lot of folks are sleeping. We also represent every maintenance employee. We represent our drivers, our support services. So we're confident that if our national president and his negotiating team believes there's a chance, stopping the clock is a good idea to continue to bargain for a new contract. I'm proud to add that we just received from the current contract that's still in effect, everything remains in no effect, uh, is a cost of living allowance, which was the highest in the history of the Postal Service. And uh, we don't take for granted, and neither do our members, that we get a COLA that stays up with inflation. And uh, per annum, we have a, a $1,935 uh, increase in every one of our members' uh, uh, paychecks. So we're, we're real proud of that. And once again, not every union has that. They're not easy to get. And our national union has decided we're going to continue to fight for that. So that's where Vince, we stand at the moment. Vince Tarducci joining us for the full uh, first hour, the 6 o'clock hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Labor, Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, and we are coming to you live. Vince, when you say stop the clock, um, help the listeners kind of understand what that is what that means work continues um you keep moving forward in terms of the day-to-day but while while that's happening while normalcy is happening is is where is where what's happening working to try and get back to the table what's going on in that in that moment yeah well they basically have agreed in theory to extend the contract and to continue the bargain uh, yeah our members will continue to work we have a clause in our contract. We do not have the right to strike. Something that we gained, actually, with the Postal Reorganization Act dating back to 1970, 1971, with our founding fathers who were able to, and I think I mentioned this before, go from collective begging to collective bargaining. Our national union and all the national unions for the Postal Service get to negotiate wages and benefits where before we were not able to do that. So in order to get that passed back in 1970, we gave up the right to strike. Federal employees are forbidden, though our founding fathers in 1970 did go on strike 
and uh, going back to the days of Mo Biller, our national president in 1980 on, uh, they set the, the way for what we have today, which is collective bargaining. So, yeah, our members are, will continue to work, and uh, we'll get updates from our national union. And at some point, they're either going to realize we can't uh, get a contract, so we'll take it. We have a right to go to what's known as interest uh, arbitration. So that's, that's uh, where we're waiting to hear from them. And, and Vince, we, you heard me talk about at the beginning of the program that absolutely mind-boggling uh, funding of the pension fund for 70. I'm, how many years is it in advance, like 50 or 70 years? Is that still in? It, 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 it's 75 years. It's, it's something that passed in 2006 where the Postal Service was required to pay millions of dollars every year, millions and millions, and at some point they just couldn't do it. And if you took away all those uh, millions and millions of dollars that we had to pay, well, the Postal Service would have been in the black and not in the red. But because of this congressional, uh, it was from a lame duck Congress uh, under the George Bush administration, uh, it put its way behind. And there's still efforts to try to stop that. And uh, not that we're paying it now, but uh, to kind of ease us of not having to pay what we didn't pay. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. No other organization does it. It was the Postal Accountability Act of 2006. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. You, you hear, uh, you know, rumors, oh, the, uh, you know, the post office is broke, all these. It's a ridiculous thing. Think about it. 75 years in advance. It's like mind-boggling. By the way, what... What is the purpose of it? Like you know the, you know the proponents of it. What what are the purpose for something like that? Well, I believe their position was in order to fund future retirees. This is what they wanted to do. Uh, there, there's no need to do it. Uh, the, the postal service brings in revenue year in and year out, and, and and basically we think it was a way to privatize the postal service. To, to, to be frank, that that we believe was the plan back then, and unfortunately, that didn't happen. Here we are, 15 years later. Postal Service is still, you know, running the organization, and, and uh, I might add, we still are number one. We had a 91% rating, as favorable uh, view of the U.S. Postal Service, higher than any other federal agency. So we take great pride in that. So yeah, the, we don't, we don't believe it made any sense to do it, and. Uh, Fortunately, uh, or unfortunately, we had to pay all that money. And so, uh, there, you know, amongst other things, you know, you, there's a there's a postal ten year plan. Um, talk about that because there's um, you know, what you would call built in delays in, in in regards to that. What is it? Yeah, well, and I have to go back to the last time I was on your show, guys. Um, and the reason I said Joe Doc first, J comes before K. I was always taught alphabetical order, folks. So no, no, you had it. There's, you had it right no matter what. So you're good. <laughs> um, the, the ten, the, the Postmaster General Louis DeJoy, and if you remember, he's he's gained a lot of nicknames: delay, uh, diffuse, uh, a number of things that have caused a problem with uh, all the unions. Uh, the National Association of Letter Carriers, the Mail Letters Union, APW, which is our union, and the Rurals, that his 10-year plan, and it's thick, and I have went through it, has built in delays. Some of the examples are that he is built in where first-class mail, instead of taking one to three days, will take up to five days and maybe longer. Or end-to-end periodicals, which are advertising mail, 
same, same situation. We don't agree with that. We, we think that flies into the face of the United States Postal Service. We're, we're, we're an agency that started way back. I think we just had our 276th anniversary on July 26th, and, and the unions are fighting. We have reached out to Congress on that. And it's, you know, if you go through that line by line, you'll see in the long run, you know, he, he's taking out machines. He did that last year. And, and let's not kid each other. He's a, he's a political appointee. And the attempt back in, in 2020 was, had a lot to do with the election. And fortunately, thanks to many of our congressional friends, and I, I can name them all, in, in this, in this uh, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, from Brendan Boyle to uh, Dwight Evans, Brian Fitzpatrick, a number of them, Senator Casey, they made sure that they fought it. We got some of those machines back. And, and, and fortunately, as you know, there was a lot of vote by mail that took place in 2020 due to COVID. More people voted by mail than ever before. In fact, the, the numbers speak for itself of how many people voted. So that didn't work thanks to pressure. I remember being at, at, at uh, different press conferences with, with Congressman Boyle, and the, the media did a great job. The public listened, and, and we were able to you know, get through that. And here we are. He comes up with this 10-year plan. And I don't know how long uh, Postmaster DeJoy will be in the position. I mentioned that uh, to you, Joe, the other day. There's three new Postal Board of Governors that I like to get into that I think are proactive for making sure that the Postal Service is solvent for another 246 years. Vince Stargucci is joining us here on The Labor Show. Vince is the national business agent for the American Postal uh, Workers Union. He's with us until the top of the hour at 7 o'clock, which we will then transition into uh, hour number two uh, of The Labor Show here on a, uh, on a Saturday night. Uh, Vince, I... My mind was bouncing all over the place just listening to uh, some of your conversation uh, about things happening and where you are. One thing that is definitely happening is the post office is handling more mail. The post office is handling more parcels, more packages uh, by big numbers. Uh, you know, I don't know this to be accurate, but I would think that the numbers are increasing every month in terms of what you're handling or what's going through the post office. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, earlier this year, they uh, announced to the unions that we were opening 46 uh, postal or parcel sorting uh, annexes all throughout the country. Uh, in Philadelphia alone, we have one right near my local union hall that's opening up on Woodhaven Road. Uh, if you look at it, they're, they're strategically stationed all throughout. And that's because, you know, first-class mail has decreased. There's no doubt about that. However, it's still very important, especially to our senior citizens that don't go online and do a lot of the pay things. Uh, you know, they count on their mail day in and day out. But these annexes were open for a reason because if you take a, go back to COVID, many people were not going out and shopping. And those people, in addition to those that were doing it, a lot more decided to to order online, and that just bombarded the postal service and and you know UPS and FedEx also with so many orders for for packages. So and people have not gone back now 
to going in person and mail, so they'll continue to order online. So, yeah, those 46 uh, parcel sorting annexes are up and running, and they'll all be up and running by, by the Christmas season. And uh, so, yeah, that's very important. But, yeah, mail continues to come in. And, and, and you know, uh, Vince, you talk about um, the joy. I like to call him the joy less. Uh, he was he was uh, brought in. You and I had this conversation uh, before. In, in many people's opinions, to shut the postal, uh, you know, the, the post office down. Um, how, how does he survive the new administration? Well, it's interesting you say that. And the board of governors, we were short three postal board of governors. And, you know, you just can't jump to the top and say, okay, fire the postmaster general. It's not that easy. But uh, our national president, Mark Dimenstein, and his legislative department and other unions, uh, one of the first orders of business was to inform the White House and the new administration under President Joe Biden that we were short three postal board of governors and they were stagnant and not fill those positions. And one of the three appointees is a former general counsel of the American Postal Workers Union, a gentleman by the name of Anton Hajar, who's got a lot of experience dealing with, with postal issues. So they, they appointed a gentleman, uh, and I'm looking at my notes here, besides Hajar, you had Ron Stroman, who was a former deputy postmaster general, and Amber McReynolds, a woman from Denver, Colorado, who had... Uh, was the first in the nation ballot tracking, reporting, and communication program that increased accountability and enhanced security for mail ballots. That's very important. So one of the earlier things that President Biden did was uh, appoint these three. They were confirmed in the Senate. And now I think we have a level playing field on the Postal Board of Governors, which is very important to the members and and to the public uh, in this country. You you know, we... Uh, if, if I don't, if I'm not incorrect, wasn't there an inv- FBI investigation uh, on LaJoy in June? It was reported in June. Where are we with that? Yeah, well, you know, the, the latest was, I think it was June or July, there was an FBI investigation from the last uh, uh, business that he was running that we're waiting for the uh, the, the follow-up on that. Uh, LaJoy also had some things dealing with conflict of interest where he bought up the $305,000 in bonds from the USPS board's chair's investment firm uh, prior to his appointment. So, uh, yeah, DeJoy, uh, I don't believe, is as clean as he liked to think he is. Um, the, he's had Senate hearings that have taken place back in the COVID year last year of 2020. So we're waiting for an update on that, Joe. Uh, I don't know exactly where it's at in the court system but, yeah, he, he is currently under FBI investigation. Vince Darducci is with us for uh, the opening hour of the Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll take a short break uh, and uh, come back uh, on the other side uh, and continue our conversation with Vince Tarducci, the national business agent for the American Postal Workers Union. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW 1776, and Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. 
This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, visiting with Vince Tarducci, the national business agent of the American Postal Workers Union. Jay Doc, good conversation here in our uh, opening hour of the two-hour show. Covered a lot of ground with Vince. Absolutely. Vince. Um, let Vince talk. You, you, you sit and listen. Let Vince talk. Can I ask him a question first? <laughs> yes, you can. All right, good. Um, having said that, uh, Vince, uh, talk about the, the, the U.S. PS recent redistricting, um, and it's been leading to what what you would call uh, disarray. What's going on with that? Yeah, the public probably don't see or even care about this. This makes it more difficult for the unions to deal with their jobs with the Postal Service. They they did away with 17 districts. They have districts, you know, from coast to coast that we have to deal with, whether it's the grievance arbitration procedure or just different uh, safety and health issues that we have to address. And, and for some reason, they decided to consolidate, do away with districts. It's really made it very hard to do our job representing our members. Uh, like I said, the public probably don't, don't, would never see anything like that. So it's just concerning. Eventually, it'll work itself out. The concern is that then a year from now, they'll do another redistricting or making some changes. So the American Postal Workers Union doesn't believe that just because they make changes, now we have to make changes within our organization. So it just made has made it a challenge over the last six months since they announced this. You know, I thought about this as as you're talking. I mean, you assume that they do this for cost saving measures, um, and you know we've 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 known you know when LaJoy came in that. Uh, you know, we're, 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 you know, an individual who's who's got a track record for privatization, and um, you know th- 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 that you, th- you could see coming. Uh, what would happen? This is this is a hypothetical that's a little ridiculous, but theoretically speaking, and I can't get off of this topic. Seventy-five years in advance, what are they going to do with that money? Theoretically speaking, if they if they privatized the the the, uh, the, the postal workers union, I mean, I'm being I'm I'm being uh, you know uh, hypothetical, but my point is, uh, it, it, it's it's crippling individuals. They're making moves like this, and there's plenty of money there, but they, the people don't know about it. Yeah, it's a real good question. If there was ever a move that was successful to privatize the United States Postal Service, uh, that money that has been put there, I believe it would probably get into the wrong hands. I don't think it would be used for anything it's supposed to be used for. Uh, but that's a very good question, Joe. Um, uh, hopefully we never find out. No, absolutely. And we're not going to find out because we're never going to do that because the American public won't stand for it. You know, you, you, you mentioned the vote by mail uh, a while, you know, a little, a little while ago. Um, you know, it, it, certainly, uh, you know, there's been states that are trying to disenfranchise voters and attempts to uh, not allow uh, vote by mail. Um, but it's a big part of, of making it possible for individuals to vote who can't get out. So having said that, talk about, um, you know, the, the efficiency of, of which the post office um, really, really reached when it came to this particular issue. And talk about how big the, and important the issue is to you guys. Well, it, it's real important. And number one, you know, the, the reasons we went out and, and fought the issue 
in, in 2020, how important the vote by mail was, because we knew our members had a responsibility. And, and I am so proud of the members we represent and all postal employees for making sure that the, the ballots were completed and every American had the opportunity to vote, whether it was in person or by mail. We knew we had an uphill struggle based on the number of different uh, people that voted by mail, it, it, and it's going to continue. Now, since that, we all know that in different states, some of them, in my opinion, are just backward thinking or finding ways of not allowing people to vote by mail or having them done quicker, uh, getting them in the mail. And I think it's real problematic that a, a lot of folks, senior citizens, who, number one, do not want to go out and vote in person for obvious reasons with COVID, and, and will count on the mail to get done, but you have different bills out there in different states that would like to see vote-by-mail be done away with. Uh, hey, the national president of the United States voted by mail last year, though he said that it wasn't going to work and that everything was going to be rigged. He voted by mail, so he's talking out of both sides there. Well, you know, the efficiency at which our uh, postal workers uh, reach during that time is, is so impressive. Uh, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, in what, what, why wouldn't we allow people the convenience of voting by mail? We already did, really. I mean, if you were in the armed forces, you could vote by mail. Um, and I and I really think that when you when you think about this, uh, it's it's uh, preposterous to think that that there would be that big a conspiracy for for people to think that there's funny business going on with random Americans working in jobs like you know who's who are uh, American postal worker union worker um, that would that would not be in, interested in getting it right. And that's what you guys did. Having said that, um, let's uh, you, you never got a chance to talk about um, it, the loss. Uh, of President Trump, I know you wanted to say something, um, and you know you hadn't been on since then. So, if if you would, yeah, R- Richard Trump, uh, uh, a great labor leader, as we know, passed away in August uh, of this year. Uh, he was real beneficial for the American Postal Workers Union, and I'm sure all the unions. Uh, our national president, Mark Dimenstein, has a seat at the table at the AFL-CIO, and uh, we've had rallies. Uh, we've had the Zoom rally in June where President Trump spoke to our members about our contract. Our national president had a contract uh, rally as we were beginning to open up negotiations. Uh, I was on vacation with my family when uh, I got the correspondence that uh, President Trump had passed away, and it really was very tough to to see. Um, he's He's been a great leader going back to the United of Mine Workers as president, Secretary-Treasurer of the AFL-CIO in 1995, became president in 2009. He was considering retiring, maybe not seeking re-election, from what I had heard. Our Staples program that you guys were real helpful allowed us to, to, to tell the public about that, where they, they were trying to get Staples to, to handle postal uh, work, and they did, and then uh, it ended thanks to the fight, but Richard Trumpka was behind us on that and was real helpful. So... Uh, just very, very sad 
on the loss of a great labor leader in this country. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to say a few words about him. Well, no question. And, and his last public appearance, his, his, his last interview was on our program. Um, and, and certainly it was one of the most amazing shows we'd ever had. Um, his power and his passion for the labor movement and the fact that there's you know, 150 labor unions. And I, you talk about Mark Demonstein being at the table. Um, Rich Trumka uh, impacted every one of those unions. And the fact that he was an expert at almost each one of, 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 of the unions and understood our issues and our, our problems and our challenges um, and his leadership led us to different levels. So, yes, and then, of course, Lee Shuler um, has moved in, uh, into president of the AFL-CIO, and we, we know, obviously, uh, there's no, you, she's never going to even attempt to, to fill Rich Trumka's shoes, but she's going to do a great job, and uh, no question about it. You know, we're, we're appreciative of her being there during that difficult time and, and her leadership moving forward. Uh, before we wrap up, I know you wanted to talk about the postal window hours, uh, keeping an eye on them and the postal banking. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, well, part of the the, uh, 10-year plan deals with cutting some window hours throughout the country for, and and this is, remember, the public gets to see the window clerk. Uh, Their their position is someone that takes care of all the packages that come into the post office. And this is the front line for, for us. The letter carriers are front line for the carrier. And by those that go to the post office and are not doing it online, the lines are longer because staffing is cut short and it's a concern. And then Postmaster General DeJulie would like to cut window hours, which makes no sense whatsoever. They attempted that. They want to do it in a lot of small post offices in rural areas, and the American Postal Workers Union is fighting it. We're letting our congressional leaders know about it. And to segue that into the postal banking, in 1968, for some reason, postal banking discontinued at post offices. Uh, The public was able to go to the post office, take care of business, including cashing paychecks. And it's been a number of years, and Mark Dimenstein, our national president, has has pushed that issue. There was a bill that passed the House in 2019, bipartisan, I I may add, but for some reason the Senate decided not to push it in the last Senate that we had. Postal banking would be very important because a lot of banks close up in some areas where they just don't think it's profitable. And then those maybe those low-income areas where people need to cash their check instead of getting ripped off by these these check-cashing agencies that are crooked, uh, postal banking would be great. We have a post office in all areas. I think it would be a great public service once again. So that is an issue that's at the forefront. Uh, Senator Bernie Sanders has been key on it, uh, dating back a couple years. So we're also keeping an eye on that and pushing that issue. Vince Tarducci, our special guest here in the opening hour of uh, the Labor Show. Vince, the national business agent for the American Postal Workers Union. And as always, Vince, as we uh, thank you, one, for coming on, uh, two, for uh, updating us and our entire listening audience, um, you know that the platform is here, uh, the Labor Show, now going into uh, our eighth year, uh, and we try and use this platform uh, to be able to uh, support and provide uh, the springboard for you to push your messaging out. 
Can I just finish with one more comment, folks? Yes, sir. I know you're up time. Joe Joe Doc and Krause, thanks again for the opportunity. I I want to put a shout-out to all postal workers, essential postal workers during COVID who came to work, processed the mail, and made sure that people received America's mail. Uh, We've had a 1,000 of positive COVID tests come in. We've had too many deaths to count. And I just want to thank our members and the letter carriers and the mail handlers and all those that have come to work and done their job. Thank you very much. Thank you, Vince. Well, a great way to end uh, the opening hour here with Vince Tarducci, uh, along with uh, Jay Duck. I'm Joe Krause. We roll on into hour number two, the John Doherty Hour. Back on the other side.